Well, good morning. I have not stood here for a long while, and it is really, really, really good to be here. It's frustrating that you're all half covered, but it is beautiful to see the tops of your head and your eyes. Um, It is really good. It is good to be together. Okay, last week, um, John um, spoke on the first of our three on generosity. If you missed that, it was a beautiful, accessible talk to introduce us to generosity. And John and Sue, I was so pleased um, for people to see, to finally see John. John and Sue have generously and extravagantly poured themselves at great personal cost into our community here at YCC. They have left everything they have known to come and make their home with us and to give of their gifts to us in response to God's call. And that excites me. If God is calling people to invest, to come, to be part, it is because we are going to do something with him that is going to be really exciting. Okay, so I was actually due to speak next week, and Adam was due to speak this week, but Adam, the week before, had a very um, severe uh, kidney infection and was in hospital, and and it's lovely to see you, Adam, actually sat with us. Um, he has been recovering. And I would like us as church just to take a moment to pray for Adam's full recovery and also to pray for those that we know are unwell at the moment. Particularly, I want us to pray as church for Lynn and for Faye and for all of those that, that we know are struggling with, with illness. So let's just take a moment. Lord, and if you're at home, if you're at home or and you don't come to YCC, um, then hold those in your heart that, that God has placed on your heart to pray for. Lord, I want to pray for Adam and his household, that you would restore his strength. Thank you for this time, this week, that he has been able to be still before you. Lord, I cry out, we cry out for Lynn, for Faye, and for all of those that we hold in our hearts, but at this time need need a touch from you, need your healing, your restoration, your comfort. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay, we're going to read um, 2 Corinthians 9, verse... Oh, oh gosh, now I've just... Oh, is that the right one, or have I gone too far? Yeah, there we go. Um, Okay. Here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving all because God loves a hilarious, hilarious generosity. 
Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything, every moment and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. Just as the scripture says about the one who trusts in him, because he has sown extravagantly and given to the poor, his kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. First, he supplies every need, plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it, so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. You will be abundantly enriched in every way, as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. The priestly ministry you are providing through your offering not only supplies what is lacking in God's people, it inspires an outpouring of praise and thankfulness to God himself. For as you extremely, your extremely generous offering meets the approval of those in Jerusalem, it will cause them to give glory to God all because of your loyal support and allegiance to the gospel of Christ, as well as your generous-hearted partnership with them towards those in need. Because of this extraordinary grace which God has lavished on you, they will affectionately remember you in their prayers. Praise God for his astonishing gift, which is far too great for words. I really expected generosity to be in the list of the fruits of the Spirit, but it actually isn't. But it is fundamental to the heart of God. Our God is an abundantly generous God, holding nothing back in his pursuit for us. A few weeks ago, Sarah spoke on the art of submission She said how that art of submission is something that we need to practice and pursue to get better at. The heart of generosity is also something that we can practice and pursue and get better at. Do not be discouraged if you know in your heart that you're not actually naturally terribly generous Because hopefully this morning we will explore some of the ways to open that door, to open that way for generosity to be a normal and natural part of your character and personality as part of God's kingdom. In order to reflect that same generous nature of God in all of our life, we need to get ourselves aligned with some truths. Every single person is a precious, created, loved by God being. Every single person is a precious, created, loved by God being. Some are very broken, 
Some are very lost. Some are covered in shame. But God, the generous, extravagant, abundantly full of love God, longs to embrace, to cleanse, to redeem, to come alongside and be friends with. Sleep Proverbs 19, verse 7. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. It's a kind of funny little verse, which always sat a bit strangely in a way. But this is how... This is how I think the heart of God is. If you have a child or a pet and it becomes lost, maybe a child gets lost in a marquee or a crowd, you know that as a parent, you know that utter panic. If you have a pet that you are very, very fond of and it is lost and somebody goes the extra mile and actually puts themselves out to to comfort that child and restore it back to you or to take that pet and actually make the effort to return it, you feel that that person has done that generous act to you. They did it to the child or the cat. But you feel they have done it to you. And that is the heart of God. As we love one another... We are giving God tremendous pressure, pleasure. He is delighted as we take care of one another. We are all valued equally in God's sight. And that value is so vast that he gave everything for us. What value do we place on each other? What will we do for each other? God is good. You will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously of yourself. This is not a prosperity gospel. This does not mean that God will give you everything you'd like. Christians are clearly not immune from sickness, from heartache, from great difficulties. But generously, the generosity of God says, I will stand in the fire with you. I will watch over your tormented soul. I will cover you with my cloak of feathers. I will not turn away from your despair. I will hold your pain and offer you the great, limitless depths of my love. Though you may walk through the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death, I can be sufficient for your fears. And ultimately, we will all stand in a place more beautiful and more redeemed than our earthly minds can conceive. Lord, I pray, I pray today that those that are in those hard places, those that are walking under a shadow that is heavy, 
Lord, I pray they would know that you walk next to them, that you walk with them. And as church, I pray you will equip us to speak more and more words of life and to see your kingdom come across this land. Amen. Mm. John reminded us of the not enough mindset. Once the basic human needs are met, most people think they need a bit more in order to feel secure. If you believe that you lack, it will be much harder to be generous. It's interesting. Have you ever noticed that really elderly people, particularly if they're on their own, just start to want to give things away. You know, you visit and they want to give, you want, they want to give, they just want to give it away. Because I think there is something inbuilt in our humanity that is not supposed to hold on to things. There is a rhythm of life that when we start, we gather, you know, we gather a roof over our head, the things we need. If we, if we have a family, you, you gather the resources to, to look after your family And within that, you can share and be part of the joy of being a provision. But we're not supposed to get stuck there. Many of us get to a place where our children have flown the nest. Or our life circumstances are such that we do not need the amount we have. But our culture says, oh, you need bigger, brighter, more. You need bigger, brighter, more. You need bigger, brighter, more. And God says, let it go. God says, let it go. Mm. Okay. Mm. When we know our source of life flows from God, we can start to let go of everything else. Okay. There's another mindset that says the needs are too overwhelming. When we think of the world needs especially, we can just go, oh my, it's too overwhelming. But God says there The poor will always be with us. The poor will always be with us. And whilst that is heart-renting, or it should be heart-renting, there is also something preciously beautiful in there that says, he says, I am not asking you to be the entire answer to the world's lack, but he is inviting us to be part of its solution. Rachel spoken this morning about the incredible opportunities that God has given us here in YCC to explore, to pioneer, to be part of the solutions in our communities. Yeah, it's no surprise we're talking about generosity. And in a moment, we're going to be talking about the outpouring and equipping because they go hand in hand. God is calling us to to live and breathe and have our being in his abundance and generosity because he is calling us to abundantly and generously pour out of everything that we have. 
There's another mindset that says, I need my stuff. I like this. It's not so much about the stuff a person has as how much their stuff has the person. Okay, you got that? Quite profound. It's not about the stuff. God is a creative God. My studio is stuffed full of stuff, as is everybody who's like that, a creative. We, we have stuff. We, we, we've just got so much stuff. But it's beautiful stuff, and it's stuff that I use to make more beautiful stuff, and then I give it away. It's, it's not about the stuff. It's about if the stuff has a hold of you. If you have something that you couldn't give away, if you have stuff that demands too much of your attention, you have probably got an idol. Anything that holds us rather than us holding it needs careful reassessment. Generosity is an outpouring. If I limit my generosity to what I think is mine, I'm giving what whatever that is, time, gifts, physical care, it will be limited to my capacity. Here's a suggestion. If you find being generous difficult, then actually make an intentional decision to do one act of generosity every day. Make that decision. Put the bins out when it's not your turn. Yeah? Make that phone call that you really would rather not make because you know it will be a blessing to somebody else. But don't do it out of yourself. Pray. Ask God that when you pick up the smelly bin and walk it down the road, that you would have that heart to bless and then pause when you've done it and say, Lord, fill me. And make this easier for me. Make this actually occur to me to do rather than have to write it down on a sticky pad and stick it on my mirror. Let's engage with intentional acts of generosity to one another. If that's something you find hard to do. The question isn't what I can afford to give, but what do I need to keep? The question isn't. What can I afford to give? But it's what do I need to keep? Luke 6, 38. Give generously and generous gifts will be given back to you. Shaken down, make room for more. Abundantly gifts will be poured out upon you. Such an overwhelming measure that it will run over the top. The measurement of your generosity becomes the measurement of your return. When we stand on the well of God's life force, our generosity will be more fully released. For those um, online, there's, um, we've, we've had a lot of talk on, on wells as a church. Um, we were told four or five years ago to, to dig our own wells because a time was coming when, uh, when the main well wouldn't be available, and that was way, 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 way before the pandemic, and, and, and we obediently started to engage with prayer in a much more intentional way, and then the pandemic came, and our central watering hole, the church, 
was no longer open to us. And I want to tell you now that the well of Jacob has been uncapped. It is as if as we have dug our wells, we are on an artesian basin. We have all dug our wells, but we have all dug them into the one overwhelming source of life that bubbles up. Jesus replied, if you only knew who I am and the gift God wants to give, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give you living water. Jesus answered, if you drink from Jacob's well, you will be thirsty again. But if anyone drinks the living water, I will give them. They will never be thirsty again for when you drink the waters I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit flooding you with endless life. A parched land does not yield fruit easily. Some of us feel like parched land. Some of us are weary and tired. Some of us have struggled massively with our mental health. God says, come now. Come now and feel the waters of life flowing up and over if you feel lost and there are many people that, that are listening online, if you are one of those who feels lost, if you feel so grubby and ashamed and, and you want to come home, but you have no idea how to come home, then God's heart is for you. When your hands are caked with mud, you wash them in water before you eat. When our lives and our souls and our hearts are caked in mud, God says, here is the water. Come and wash. Come and wash. And he says, and I will refresh you. I will renew you. I will restore you. I will transform, rebirth, repurpose this water will make you beautiful. Beautiful in his sight and what God calls beautiful. Let no man disagree. So we're going to respond now. Um, Joe's going to come up um, with, with, with the band and, and I want us to respond. Um, I want us to... I want us to respond... I don't think there's a single person here who doesn't want that refreshing wellspring of God's abundant life to flow up and over. So as Joe plays, I would like those that want to receive that to stand and we will pray that those waters bubble up, um, that those waters bubble up. And then um, if at some point there'll be, at some point we're going to switch and the, and the worship will just go for, for you guys on, online um, and, and we're going to be doing some very carefully socially distanced um, uh, ministry. And if you want a, a particular touch, if you would like others, myself and others to actually 
help you access that water of life, then you, you come to the front and we will stand socially distanced. Because the great thing about water is it goes a long way and you can throw it. Um, so you can, throw it, you can throw it two meters. Water is not limited. So actually, uh, we don't need to touch. We don't need to touch, but we do need to receive. And the well of Jacob has been uncapped and the waters of life are here and they are flowing and God is good. Amen. <laughs> Joe worships, you just stand and you ask. You ask. If you're, sta- if you're sitting next to somebody who's standing, you can stretch out an arm, you can pray. Let's just do whatever you want to do because God is here 